I like the idea of creating my own world and having companies find me that like my style and then hire me because of it. And um, so I'm, I have focused, like I'm making this year a focus of getting as much content and as much stuff out there as I can. Um, and having, finding, like Phil said, like finding my tribe through that. Um, I've seen that work really well with, uh, with several people that are very successful in the design world. And that's what almost helps separate you from just the average graphic designer that can throw a flyer together or a brochure or do some business cards for you. Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Morton Design Co. Morton Design Co. is a collaborative, creative studio based in Denver, Colorado. They help businesses tell their unique story through thoughtful strategy and kick-ass design. Their aim is to give small to medium-sized businesses the visual impact of their larger competitors. Specialties include brand identity, logo development, and print design. Visit mortondesignco.com to learn more. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. Super excited to have Michael Morton with Morton Design Co. with us today, one of our newest sponsors. And uh, Michael grew up in an entrepreneurial household with his parents starting multiple businesses while growing up. He started working in his family's motorsports manufacturing business in junior high, making parts after school. Uh, Over the years, he worked nearly every job in the business from production to shipping to sales to management. He eventually found running the design and marketing side of the business was seriously fun. Helping forge a strong brand saw the company grow in awareness in the racing community and gain interest from OEMs like Ford and General Motor and other indus- uh, industries outside of motorsports. He always took pride when people say they said they uh, thought of the company or thought the company was much larger because of the touch points they had with the business and the quality of the products. Michael decided to start his own business, Morton Design Co., in 2015 to help other companies build a strong impact after noticing so many struggled with inconsistent branding. He thought he could bring his experience of design work, brand development, and management to other small and medium-sized businesses to help them attract better clients. He now works with clients on brand creation and strategy, logo development, and illustration. Michael also creates stickers and handmade art prints of his own uh, illustrations and sells them at local boutique stores in the Denver area as well on his Etsy store. So welcome, sir. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And incidentally, uh, it's worth noting that Michael also designed our stuff and our, like uh, our graphics and logo and whatnot. So if you like what we're sh- what we're displaying up on the referral bench side, he's the one to, to he's the one to thank for it. Yeah, that's been a fun project. So. Yeah, no, we're super pumped about it. So um, I, I'm kind of it's funny. Like I look at our uh, Instagram account. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. I wish my other, my other businesses, you know, had such great consistency and, you know, branding with them. So, <laughs> but 
anyway, there's uh, no no time like the present, I suppose, to That's go right, back. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's funny. I know a good graphic designer that you might want to reach out to. to uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we um, cooking. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so uh, anything else you want to add in for color on the uh, on the intro there? You uh, you've had a pretty uh, interesting background and and come up to the to the business here. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I grew up. I kind of went to business school under my dad. Um, you know, he owned, like I said, multiple businesses throughout his life. Um, some failures, some successes. Uh, we moved around a little bit, um, and uh, you know, I, I kind of went. You know, I I've, I feel good about that that I was able to see how somebody one succeeded at business, but also how they failed at business, and like. Um, you know, one story I love about my dad when he had another business, like it was building motors um, uh, for Volkswagens. And this guy came in with a Porsche and said, hey, um, I've got this Porsche. Can you rebuild the motor? And my dad's like, yeah, 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 we can do that. No problem. And the guy left. And my mom told me that uh, my dad grabbed his coat and she's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to go find a book on how to build a Porsche motor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's just the kind of guy he was like, you know, like I'll take care of the customer and get it done. And so I, I, um, I grew up with this real kind of blue collar work ethic. Like my dad was always into all of his businesses involved auto, you know, like auto kind of stuff, like auto racing, or he built truck toppers for trucks for a while when we lived in Southern California. Um, so I got imparted a lot of wisdom, you know, over the years, uh, from, from his successes and failures. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. So in, in your design work, I've noticed, you know, there's, there's a lot, there kind of a design style, you know, that, that, uh, you know, harkens back to the, the old race car type stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that you'd see, you know, stickers on the side and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. That's what I, I grew up or I grew up on racetracks, like on little dirt tracks. Um, cause my dad also raced, like he also owned a race car and, and all that. So I grew up seeing all this beautiful like hand painted gold leaf kind of uh, numbering and, you know, and, and on the old cars, like in the seventies, when I was hanging out of tracks, most of the stuff was painted on the cars. It wasn't vinyl at that time. So um, that's kind of where my aesthetic like that. And then growing up as a kid through the eighties and watching Saturday morning cartoons, like I, I feel like that's also, you know, imparted like this bold kind of colorful black line kind of style. Um, that's all always kind of been my, I guess all the influences on my design aesthetic. Uh, so did you get to do any racing when you were younger too? Not when I was younger. Um, my dad didn't want me in a race car cause he'd seen too many people get hurt, but, uh, sure. yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, some friends and I, um, a few years ago got a, uh, 91 super legacy, uh, and we raced it in the lemons 24 hour of the lemons event, which is this great race series where, um, you, uh, you buy a $500 car, you throw a cage in it and you go, um, racing over a weekend. It's an endurance race. Nice. And, um, it, yeah, it's a ton of fun. And, um, the, the great part about it is they don't reward they do reward the person that's the fastest and runs the most number of laps, but that's not where the biggest reward, the biggest reward is whoever embodies the spirit of lemons, um, the most. So it's like whoever came up with the best like idea, you decorate the car and you have a theme and like whoever, um, 
you know, whoever like bought into their whole idea is who got the best reward. Now it wasn't the greatest reward because you got fifteen hundred dollars in nickels. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's awesome. That was your prize, but um, oh, that's awesome. So just to be clear, it wasn't lemons; it was lemon. <laughs> it was lemons. It was twenty four hours of lemons. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> just as a quick aside, my my wife's uncle enjoys racing and uh, and you know like uh has a membership to a track kind of a deal uh in southern california and he bought us a, he bought a bunch of us a day on the track and i made the joke the night before i'm like yeah i'm gonna be the guy you know because i grew up in western new york where you don't drive fast towards a wall because you don't know when you're gonna hit black ice and skid out and hit that wall oh sure right? yeah. And so I made the joke that, uh, that, you know, I'm going to be the guy on the track driving a sensible 75 and, uh, and, and he goes, no, you won't trust me. You're going to get behind the wheel and you're going to love it. Well, I was that guy on the track running, <laughs> driving a sense of like, uh, I don't, maybe, maybe it was 80 or 90. I don't know, but I was definitely not hitting the 125, 130 that, uh, that some of these other guys were. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think, uh, Michael top, Top Gear did an episode on the uh, the lemons race, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. Uh, like they do all kinds of uh, they just do fun things. Like there's fun penalties. Like one of our guys got a little aggressive on our team with this other guy. Like they were banging fenders, and so they made them both pull into the pits, and they tied their one leg, like tied their legs together, and then <laughs> told them that they had to go get the judges ice cream, and so they had to like three-legged walk it over find some money then go over to the concession stand and then go buy ice cream um that's awesome man you guys got to work together if you're going to be out there banging fenders so that's great um Um, so getting into the uh you know networking relationship building side of things i um i've heard uh and i i snagged this from somebody uh maybe a year or two ago and i absolutely love it but you know you talk about your 30 second introduction and you know or your uh whatever that that you know the verbiage is that you use you know 30 second intro or elevator pitch or something like that and i I heard somebody call it your audio logo and i I thought that. that was a really cool way to look at it so um can you speak to that a little bit and, and how, you know, you would maybe brand your audio logo, your 30 second intro to, to match with the rest of your, you know, uh, messaging. Yeah, I actually like that. I've never heard that before, but I can totally see that because in, in the same way, um, you know, when I deal with clients a lot, they want their logo to tell their whole story and it's not, it's just the first touch sometimes people see. So I see that the same way in, in the 30 second intro. It's not your whole story, but you want to get that first, like, what am I about kind of feeling across. So, I mean, I could totally see um, maybe coming up with some brand language or something that you reiterate in your other branding points so that when somebody goes to your website, they see the same language. And, you know, I, I talk to my clients a lot about language um, on their website to make sure that they have the same tone, that they have the same, you know, are you, are you goofy? Are you funny? Are you serious? Are you technical? And keep that same um, feeling throughout, you know, whether it's your social media posts or your, or your website copy or a blog post. So I could totally see that in a 30 second intro in the same way, like have fun with it. You know, I think um, sometimes we get too, I don't know, I have felt this, but sometimes you get too serious or you overthink it. 
um, you know, and like maybe have fun with it. Maybe like do something so somebody, and it might help somebody remember you too. It's like, oh, that's that guy that had that funny quip in his 30, you know, when I first met him, um, you know, I, I could, I could totally see that. I, I love that. Now it's going to keep the wheels turning. On. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Tell, tell us a little bit more about your experience with, uh, with networking and relationship building. So, you know, you started this business back in 2015 yeah. and did you, um, had you been doing some of that, uh, prior to starting your own business when you're working with the other business? I had, um, a little bit, um, you know, we had, trade shows we would go to and I'd always try to connect with media people that I knew that I talked to on the phone and like keep my network up that way. But it's been a really interesting transition because I've gone from sort of the brand management doing the design work and stuff in this manufacturing business to where now I'm selling a service. And so it's been a really interesting change. Like how do I market that? How do I build this referral network? Um, how do I, um, you know, get people to know about me, but like in this different way. Um, I feel like I can sell product all day long. Like I can write copy about it and take good photos of it and do all that stuff. It's like now I'm selling me and a service. And so it's been an interesting um, exercise in, in figuring that out. Um, I think I realized, um, though through that though, that it's always, you know, I've always heard, and, and my dad used to tell me this too, like it's, it's about being good to people and doing good work for them and that work will flow back to you if you do that. But part of it is getting to know people. And so my dad was somebody that like every time we went to a show, it was, it seemed like everybody knew him and he just kind of had that personality. Um, and I, I, I kind of took that like, Oh, like you'd be a really good person to other people. And then these people come up and give you hugs and shake your hand and are excited to see you and that kind of stuff. So um, I guess that's where, my idea of how to network and how to get referrals has come is, is being just being a decent person. And, and one thing I, I realized uh, through my dad too, is just loving other people. Like he, that's how he was. And it was anybody, you know, and if, if you show people love and you take care of them, then, then they'll, they'll not only come back, but they'll also tell their friends. So um, yeah, I'm sorry if that went off on a tangent. No, no, no. That's awesome. So, so one of the things that we've heard, you know, because I mean, I love that. I think it's a great point, you know, is that, I mean, don't be a jerk. And normally I phrase that in a very different way. Uh, and people are going to like you, right? People are going to come back to you and they're going to they're, they're going to connect with you. But uh, but one of the things that we've heard a number, you know, on this podcast and some of our other and one of our other reasons in particular is that you can't be a secret agent. Right. I mean, you can't, people have to know who you are, what you're doing, uh, in order to get them to realize that you're a good guy to work with and that there's there's opportunity there. So, you know, I guess I'm curious from your perspective in getting into this and over the just over the course of the past six years, you know, what has been your process to uh, to 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 really to find to figure out how to make that transition to get people to get to know you and then get other people to get people to introduce you and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I've done it you know, several different ways. One was joining Firestorm a couple of years ago. Um, I saw, you know, and, and after learning um, about Firestorm and Phil's approach to it, it was really what I believed in is about building relationships and building referrals from relationships instead of having a transactional sort of, what can you do for me? Oh, you can't do anything for me. So I'll move on to the next person kind of thing. Um, the other thing I've done, and it's more on the art side, but I've 
started just reaching out to people like using that. And Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk has talked about this, about that social media is you have to remember it's social media. And so um, I just reach out to people. I comment, I find channels, I find other artists, I find other designers that I really like. And then I, I reach out and I say, Hey, that's really cool. And I keep commenting on their stuff. And then pretty soon you're having a conversation and then, you know, and then you're starting they're starting to think about you. Oh, how can I, you know, how can I use Mike? If I'm too loaded up with work, maybe I can pass them on to Mike because I like that guy. Like he seems nice, you know. And um, I've joined a couple of groups of designers, like um, professional groups. And um, one thing I've always tried to do is find my competition and make them my friend. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but, um, you know, like I'll go find other designers and like hit it up and we'll go talk shop. And then pretty soon before I know it, like they're, you know, maybe they're sliding some work to me, or maybe there's something that, that they don't, aren't comfortable with doing that they know that is something I really like doing. And so they'll be like, Hey, let me slide this over to you. Um, Let's dive into that a little bit. Cause that's a really interesting point that I think gets lost with a lot of people is that is this idea of turning your competition, turning competitors into referral partners. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course, you know, there's the, that, that idea of, well, if you need a purge valve, let me know. But, you know, I mean, there's, it, it sounds like there's more to it than that, uh, than just a, Hey, I'm here to help you out. Here's some stuff that I've done. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like, I'm sorry. Well, it just sounds from what you're saying, it sounds like, you know, like really building that relationship, even, you know, and, and, and that you found a lot of value in developing relationships, even inside of com competition in your own industry. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think it comes from having an idea of abundance, like, and I heard somebody saying, I, I can't attribute it because I don't remember who it was, but I heard somebody one time break it down and like for the number of people, like let's just look at the United States and there's what, 300 million people. And if I look at it and say, how many people can I really service in a certain amount of time? So how many people do I really need in my, you know, uh, for, for me to like make the amount of money I want to make? Well, I don't need that many of them. So like if you have an idea of abundance and say there's enough work for everybody, and we can get along and that sort of tide raises all ships idea. Um, you know, I think like in the design industry, you know, we're, we're under some pressure right now from some outside forces of third world, you know, developing countries being able to provide services for a much cheaper cost. So I think if we all grow together and I joined like the, the, um, the guild of designers, what is it? The graphic artists guild, um, because they're fighting really hard for, professional designers to have a say and to have companies respect us as a high level service. Um, you know, I, I've, I would rather support other designers and be their cheerleader and have them come back to me and be my cheerleader and us all grow together and provide amazing work. And um, so I love meeting other designers, even if like we might end up bidding on the same job and they might win it and I might win it. And if we do, we go, Hey, that's awesome. Let's go get a beer, you know? And um, so I, I, I've always found, I had a photography business before I didn't talk about that in my bio, but I did the same thing as I put my own with my photography business. I would go find all the other photographers that I liked in Denver and I go like, Hey, you want to go grab a beer or grab some lunch or go talk. And, uh, and you have to get work from it because sometimes they needed a second shooter. They needed, you know, 
or sometimes I got to hire them as a second shooter. And so we all ended up working together, even though we were technically a competition. Um, and I know that might not work in all industries, but I, you know, I, 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 again, it comes back, I think, to that idea of being a good person and taking care of other people, um, which is a value that I hold really high. Um, and it doesn't always work with competitors either. Some people have a very, uh, um, you know, zero-sum view of the world, and there's no getting around that. <laughs> so you just kind of go, okay, well, have a nice day, and, you know, move on to the next person. So. Yeah, I think it... it uh speaks to, you know, finding your tribe and finding people that, you know, do business the way that you do business and that you can, you know, be collaborative with and, and, uh, really help each other out. And, um, you know, not everybody's gonna, gonna see things the way that you see things. And that's, that's totally fine, you know, on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, I, I had heard somebody call it, uh, coopetition, uh, mm-hmm. one time, you know, it's, it's not, you know, you're not competition, you're, you're working together. And, and I love that idea of having the, you know, an abundance mindset, you know, there's just, there's so much business to go around and, you know, I, I'm not trying to be Amazon or Google or somebody like that, you know, where I'm just going to take everything. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, if you're, if you're a relatively, um, small to medium sized business, which is the, you know, the people that I really enjoy working with, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of deals to go around, especially, uh, nowadays. So I love that idea. Yeah. I I heard it real quick. I heard a story one time of a a two guys that own similar shops on the same street in a small town and they were actually friends, but they were competitors and they used to go out every morning, like sweep the sidewalk off and then wave to each other you know, and then go to work. And even though they were direct competition and on the same street, they were still like, would go get dinner afterwards. And I've always kind of liked that imagery of, uh, yeah, I can be your business competition, but we can also hang out. And, and sometimes it's nice to talk to the people that are in the same business here and, and kind of like, ah, oh, geez, you know, like, let me tell you about this client I had. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I want to, go back. You, you had mentioned something when you were talking about your dad's business and you know, how you'd go to trade shows and everybody knew him. And, um, how, how long do you think it took for him to get to that point? You know, cause I, I imagine that when you were going to the trade shows with him, it, you know, he was already, you know, well on his journey in, in the business. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, like he, he started in racing, geez, when he was 19 and okay. he grew up with like, the, um, like he's good friends with AJ Foyt and with like some of these, you know, indie racers and stuff. Um, uh, because he grew up in Southern California and he grew up near where some of the race shops were. So he'd go hang out as a kid. You know, one of them was on his way home from school. So he'd go hang out there as a kid and get to know people. So this was certainly something that throughout his whole life and through his different iterations of businesses, he started, he had grown. These were people he had raced with. These are people that he had, seen it shows he was national sales manager for a plumbing uh, a race car plumbing um Mm -hmm. company um so he got to know a lot of people through you know building those uh uh, building relationships to be a sales manager he only lasted in that job for like two years (laughs) because he was an entrepreneurial guy like working for someone else didn't really work for him right um but yeah i mean it's certainly been a 20-year thing of him building you know, 20 or 30 year relationships, uh, with some of these people. And that's why, you know, in a, in a very 
you know, racing is a pretty tight niche. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, um, um, you know, even though there's dirt car and there's road racing, there's drag racing and stuff, it's still a fairly small population. And so you tend to get to know a lot of people in it fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all. It, I, I, I heard, uh, or saw something on LinkedIn a while back and, um, you know, it's, uh, it said something to the effect of, you know, every, every entrepreneur is an overnight success. And that night happens somewhere between year 10 and 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I always love that. Cause you know, you, uh, you always see the, the good parts of the business. And when somebody's kicking ass, you know, you see, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're on top of the world and they're doing so good. And you don't see the 20 years of work that it took to get to that point. And yeah. um, so I think it's, it's always fun to, yeah. uh, to hear the backstory. All the ice beneath, beneath the iceberg, right? Yep. Yeah. So Michael, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from just based on your, your dad's experience and, uh, and everything that you learned from him, were you inclined to move into kind of uh, focusing in on some niche industries? Because it sounds like, I mean, cause to your point, you know, racing is a pretty, tight tight knit community so it's it once you kind of land in there you can expand out and and see a lot of that did you have the did you start trending that way uh early on or did you say no i'm gonna go after i'm just you know i'm gonna make make it my goal to build the brand to build my brand in a in a larger capacity yeah i i had thought about going after that market again it is a tight uh, a very tight niche. And so there are three or four companies that really focus on branding in those markets and really have them locked down because racers are like, yeah, I don't like just print me shirts. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, um, and also after being, you know, I started, uh, working in that business when I was 13, I'm 43 now after being in that for 25 years, I kind of want to do something different, you know, like, I still love auto racing. I still love cars. I, you know, when I go to a racetrack, it feels like home to me, like the smells, the sounds, like all that stuff. But, um, it's like, I want to go like work with a brewery or a restaurant or a clothing boutique or, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I thought it'd be fun because after a while, like you're just beating your head against this design wall of like, how do I make car parts seem sexy again or seem, you know, cool or what's, you know, um, it was like, I did come to a point, like, do I really want to go after racing? Cause I know a lot of people in racing or do I want to like branch out and do my own thing? And it definitely, I think it fell on the, I want to go do my own thing. Now, if somebody came up to me tomorrow and was like, Hey, we got this race team and we, you know, new race team and we want you to brand it. I'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool. But, um, I, it's not something I'm actively going after right now. Sure. Did you ha- did you feel the urge to find a different niche niche and uh, kind of say, okay, like you mentioned, like breweries or boutique clothing shops, or basically kind of say, I want to I want to really pursue, I want to really just own boutique clothing, right, or something like that. Did you kind of have that urge based on what you had learned before? I am finding what I enjoy and what. Um, I am following the path of some people who went before me that I, I really like what they're doing is I like the idea of creating my own world and having companies find me that like my style and then hire me because of it. And um, so I'm, I have focused, like I'm making this year a focus of getting as much content and as much stuff out there as I can. 
um, and having finding, like Phil said, like finding my tribe through that. Um, I've seen that work really well with, uh, with several people that are very successful in the design world. And that's what almost helps separate you from just the average graphic designer that can throw a flyer together or a brochure or do some business cards for you. So this is an important point. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one and it's kind of a marketing one-on-one thing, but I think we don't talk about it a lot when we talk about networking and referrals and that's, you know, really kind of defining who you are and who you're going to be moving forward. Right. I mean, his point, uh, the point that he was making here is that he went after just about anything. Right. And and it led to projects that he didn't necessarily enjoy. It led to stuff that he didn't necessarily want to do, uh, stuff that wasn't engaging, intriguing, what have you. And, uh, but I think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, kind of creating your world and, you know, creating your boundaries, finding those boundaries, and then letting people who kind of fit in that same space come to, come to you and, and then, you know, filtering them by those boundaries. Yeah. I love that. It's, and it just kind of reiterates, um, stuff that we talk about, about finding your tribe and finding people that, you know, jive with your way of doing business and with your, you know, view on the world. You know, I, I want to find and work with people that, um, you know, we have similar values and similar goals. And if you, uh, you know, define your, you know, company culture or your design style in, in Michael's case, um, and, you know, say, here's, here's what I do, what, what I do really well, and then wait for other people to, to gravitate towards you. I think that's such a great approach to, to building your, your business and building your network. That can throw a flyer together or a brochure, do some business cards for you. Um, and when I find the people and, and it's starting to work, like I've gotten some really good jobs over the last three or four months where people are like, I love what you're putting out on Instagram and I want you to do that for me. And um, th- those end up being the best clients because they already know my style. They already like what I do and all they want me to be is be me for them. And and that feels, it takes away a lot of the tension. It takes away a lot of the, the, um, the education you have to do and like that kind of stuff. Like you have somebody coming in that already has a preference for you, which makes it way easier. You know, like when you present them with some proposals, you know, it makes that whole conversation way easier. It's a longer play. Like it's not as, um, you know, it's, it's a long game view um, because it's going to take time for me to build that content and build that movement. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying my job way more by doing it that way. So awesome. Um, so you mentioned Instagram, you know, is one of the places that you get, uh, some traction. Um, what are some other areas? And, you know, I, I guess I'm want to direct the question towards the referral aspect of things and building relationships and stuff like that. Like, um, from that perspective, how has it been growing your business and, um, how are the referrals flowing in? You know, do you, do you have certain sources that are better than others? And um, has it been a, a big, you know, portion of your business? Um, honestly, being part of Firestorm has been great. <laughs> Not to be a home gamer here. You're already but, on the uh, podcast, man. You don't have to keep sucking up. You know? Um, no, I, I found networking groups. Um, I particularly love being in Firestorm right now. Um, but like when I was a member of the chamber or at a chamber too, like that to me has always been the best way um, because um, I feel like I can sell myself better there. Like I can, you know, I can be that person to them and I, you know, it's way easier 
um, I always like talking to business owners and like finding out what their pain points are and being able to answer those and talk about how we can do that, you know, because business owners have a widely different idea of what design can do for their job. And so I like to be able to be there and answer that for them. Um, so any situation that I can directly talk to a business owner and then with the referrals, um, one of the things I, I try to do with my referral partners is I try to talk about the work I'm currently doing that I enjoy doing so that they know, um, I just had this happen with somebody the other day. Um, he's like, oh, since you went through that project you work on, I so better understand what you do. Like he goes, I thought you were just a logo guy, but now you, that you told me about the whole process you went through with this business, I much better understand. And that's going to help me tell other people or look out for referrals for you. So, Isn't that fascinating how people like don't, get what all, you know, the breadth of what you do until, you know, maybe a year or two down the road into your relationship. And they're Oh, I had no idea that you did X, Y, Z. Like, dude, I've been telling you that for like two years now. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they say? Like people have to hear things seven times before it makes sense to them or something. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to that with, you know, kids just like, you know, repeating everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little facetious about looking forward to that. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, right? Anyway. So, um, yeah, Michael, when you're, uh, I mean, obviously you're you're in Firestorm, you're doing a lot of different things and uh, on Instagram. And again, I've, I meant, I made mention this before we started recording, but, you know, if anyone's not following Morton Design Co. on Instagram, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's very, very cool stuff. But uh, but beyond that, what kind of systems do you put in place to help you track referrals, track introductions, you know, kind of manage that referral network, uh, anything like that? I feel like I'm being set up. And I was going to say, this I mean, isn't I just a mission uh, suite now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Now that I got my plug in. All right. Thanks yeah. a lot, everybody. Have a good day. Right? I'm a referral bench hype man now. Like, let me yeah, tell right. you about this. Uh, no, um, I actually, I mean, I was using Keep before, um, but it was expensive and I wasn't good at using it to be quite mm. honest. Like it was a waste of money at the time. Um, I, I recently started with mission suite. I like it. Um, but I need to use it better. I, I'm not great at it. Sure. Like, um, it's, and it's something that is a focus for me now. Um, before I was just doing it in my brain. Right. <laughs> that doesn't and always I, work. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the point of clarification that I'm looking for is not, not so much what software you're using, although yeah. I love getting in the fact that you're using mission suite, but, uh, but you know, like, but realistically, what do you have a, do you have a, a system, you know, Oh, I'm going to touch base with this person every three months. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that, that nobody goes three days without hearing from me after I meet them, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I, I've always tried to email people 24 hours after I meet them within 24 hours, like, because I want to hit them while they still remember me before they've yeah. moved on to, to task. So that's always been like a given thing that like, whether it's a networking event, or I meet them at, a you know, some other thing through a friend or something, I always try to like within 24 hours, I try to send them an email, um, or get in touch with them somehow, you know, uh, or give them a call or, or whatever it is. Um, Outside of that, I've tried to, um, I, again, I, I love Instagram because it's a visual thing and I'm a visual person. So I try to keep on like my past clients and current clients and stuff. I try to be that cheerleader 
Um, I always think that that makes people feel good. Like I won't just like things. I'll go in and comment on them and be like, this is really cool. Or, you know, good job on that. Or like do those kind of things um, just to try, try to stay top of mind. And then I think when you do that for somebody's business, they're like, that makes them feel good. Right. I love making people get a little like, Ooh, like, Oh, that feels good. You know, like I did a good thing today. Like I think people like that positive reinforcement. So um, I, I try to stay in touch Maybe that's a little more passive and not so direct, like, hey, you got any work for me today, you know, or, um, but just being that top of mind kind of thing of um, staying in touch with them, just hitting touches every now and then um, so they remember me. Um, I'm trying to get better because I lost a client that, and this was sort of why I went with Keep originally and and now I've moved on, but um I, I need to get back into doing like a newsletter because one of the things he said to me is like, you did this work for me and then I never heard from you. And it's like, Oh damn. Like, cause I saw him post something and it's like, Oh, you had somebody illustrate and do some design work for you. Why didn't you call me? He's like, Oh, cause we did that work like a year ago. And then I never heard from you again. And I'm like, Oh damn. Like that's not good. <laughs> so I need to do something about that. So, um, it's, I'm I, I think you trying to figure that out. The more work you do with people too, the more things that they think of that you can do, you know, like yeah. it starts, like, I know as a, you know, again, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a client of Morton Design Co. Uh, <laughs> so um, we, uh, you know, you'll do something and then I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like I could do this other thing and I'll just keep coming up with these ideas. Like, you know, we were doing the referral bench graphics and then, I was like, oh, that's right. You know, Michael would be really good to do this like stupid uh, album cover art that I need for a, for a birthday. <laughs> like, uh, but you know, there's like as you get into more projects, you know, the client I think starts getting more creative and thinking of new things. So mm-hmm. anyway, and, and that's why I want to use uh, part of the way I want to use the newsletter is not just having a touch point, but in the same way I talked about my referral partners showing them what I do, I want to use the newsletter to show my subscribers the things I can do so that it might spark something for their business or a friend's business or, you know, heck, if somebody wants to hire me to design a birthday invitation, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, you want to do something cool. Like if it sounds fun, like, yeah, let's, let's get together and do it. So um, I think by showing sometimes helps better than telling. I can say that I'm a designer, say that I do branding, but when I show like, oh, look at this cool coffee can I got to design for this automotive brand, you know, like they can go, oh, I didn't know you do packaging. Like I got this packaging idea, you know, that can. Well, I think, you know, that's another um, reason that, you know, being in constant contact with uh, your, your, referral partners and staying top of mind. Um, you know, like you, you see your group on a regular basis and you're able to tell them, um, you know, here's something I did this week for a client and here's something I did this week for a client and reminding them of, you know, the, the breadth of options and, you know, the variety of work, but then it also, you know, it educates them so they can, you know, uh, when they're in front of a client, they can say, oh, that would be a great fit for Michael or, you know, eh, this project is really boring and I won't, you know, I don't need to send that to them. Like they can probably do that in word. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, it's, it's good to like be in front of your, your partners and educating them and all that stuff on a regular basis too. So, yeah. Um, all right. So going back 2015, 
uh, what is something that you wish you would have known then that you know now that would uh, have helped expedite your your growth? Ooh. Never go on a podcast where they're going to put you on a spot like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have been... So when I started it in 2015, like this idea of, of, of trying to have my tribe find me by putting out the kind of work I want to do, I think I wish I would have thought of that in 2015. Because when I came out, it's like, oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a designer. Now I need to go find design work. And then I ended up getting, you know, not the best clients and not the most exciting work and not, you know, stuff I didn't want to really do, you know? So and if you're listening and I did work for you, it's not your work. It's, <laughs> it wasn't you. It was, other it was the other client. <laughs> it was those other right. clients. Um, <laughs> no, and, and I wish I would have been, um, I think uh, in the same way of I was in racing for so long, like I knew it super well, right? Like I knew what those clients wanted really, really well. And then when I stepped out and like, okay, I'm going to go after other industries. It's like, oh, I, I should probably learn about those. Like I should probably, you know. So um, when I first started, I, I think I wish I would have rem- or thought of or been um, – secure enough in the idea of just trying to get people to find me instead of me trying to go out and do any kind of any kind of job I could get you know and it's funny I actually just had that conversation with a a videographer client because he was doing what I did you know and so it helped having that experience to tell him that he didn't have to do that like you don't have to try to be everything to everybody and because when you try to do that then you're nothing to anybody like you're just bland and you can be replaced you know you become a um commodity at that point you can be replaced by anybody like you know anybody with a graphics tablet and a computer and an adobe you know subscription could probably replace you so um i wish i would have been secure and enough to like be like no like yeah and to be honest back then i i probably hadn't defined my style yet because again it, it came down to a confidence thing like um, you know, if I define my style and I say I have a preference, that's going to scare people away, which means money gets scared away, which means I don't, you know, then I, maybe I won't get hired by certain people. And I don't know, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, I don't know if it's getting a little bit older or what, but I kind of have an attitude of if they don't want me, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, that's I don't want to work with you anyway, because it won't be fun. So. That's a good attitude, though. I, uh, Simon Sinek has a, a clip on uh, an interview he did where he talks about that and he's like, you know, it's, I just work with people that I want to work with that believe what I believe and everybody else can, you know, pound sand. (laughs) And it's amazing how much age, you know, like as you get older, you start to kind of embody that more and more and more and more and more. Right. Yeah. There's two influences that have really like rocked in my head. Like there are things that have gone in my head and they just roll around a lot. And I'm starting to become a believer in them. One is my buddy, Jeff, uh, is one of these guys that seems like he's good at everything, you know, and you're just like, and one day we were playing golf. He's an amazing golfer. And I was like, Jeff, how are you so good at everything? He goes, I just don't do anything. I'm not good at. And I'm like, Oh, like that was sort of a light bulb moment. Like, nice. Oh, that's why you seem amazing at everything you do because you just don't do anything you don't want to do. And, um, the other, if you haven't read it, unless you absolutely hate the beastie boys, the book, the beastie boys put out about their history like they basically were just three friends that goofed off 
and just did whatever they wanted to do to have fun and made a whole stinking career out of it. And like, I, I guess getting away, like feeling the fear of, well, you can't do that or, or having a society or, a, you know, a, you're, that's not what you should do attitude. And then you look at those guys and you're like, Oh, well, actually they just kind of screwed off for 30 years and look where they're at, you know? Yeah. I think we can all be, have a little more fun or, you know, this idea that work is supposed to be this drudge or something you hate going to, or, you know, like I, I have gotten myself to the point where it's like, I hear people like, Oh, it's Monday. And I'm like, no, it's Monday. I get to work on my projects again. You know, the weekend's over. I love hanging out with my wife and son. But now it's Monday and I get to get back and sink my teeth into that project that I left on my desk on Friday. And um, I love being in that place. Like I love yeah. being in a place that I'm excited about Monday and I don't, I don't begrudge that's, it anymore. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Any, uh, any episode that wraps up talking about BC boys is a good one in my book too. Yeah. <laughs> For <So>. sure. <laughs> So, Michael, I uh, will have your info in the show notes, but just so people can hear it too, where uh, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, they can go to my website, mortondesignco.com. Uh, all my social media is Morton Design Co., uh, which is what you should do if you're starting a business or starting a brand. Try to get your thing, your social media, all be the same. Um, so, I just started a YouTube channel. Uh, I just have a lino cut carving up there right now, but I'm going to be doing branding and design tips on there here starting soon. Uh, so I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, um, Pinterest, um, Facebook, and it's all under more design co. Nice. nice. Awesome. Beautiful. Man. Uh, it's been a great conversation, man. Thank you so much. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you, you taking the time with us. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michael Morton, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well. Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us with our ratings and with our rankings and whatnot and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.